I'm not 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. And here we are again. Baruch Hashem. We have this incredible privilege. It's amazing and absolutely uh, a wonderful um, uh, um, <laughs> circumstance we find ourselves in so many of the past many summers uh, outside of COVID, of course, where we are with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh and they've given us this unique opportunity, this incredible privilege, as I described it, uh, to be on the plane with hundreds of Olim of different backgrounds, different geogra- geographical associations, certainly different situations. There are some uh, lone soldiers, there are some single Olim and Olot, there are some uh, young families, some older families, there are some uh, retirees, a lot of people, many different distinguished uh, individuals, all adding up to hundreds of people on one flight heading to Israel with one goal in mind, that is to move to Israel and carry out what we always consider to be one of the most important themes, and that is that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. So here we are in hour number one on a Wednesday. We'll, of course, speak with some of the great people from Nefesh Benefesh. We'll have a wonderful and incredible broadcast with some incredible uh, guests, uh, many of whom I hope will be inspiring to you in terms of uh, setting your own Aliyah goals and your own Aliyah plans. Our friends at Nefesh Benefesh are able to uh, help out on a regular basis. All you got to do is uh, go to their website at nbn.org.il. That's nbn.org.il or 8664-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. As I peruse the uh, number and the list, I should say, of people that are going to be joining us on the air, again, a variety of people that have a, uh, uh, as I said, different backgrounds, a lot of different um, life experiences, and they'll discuss all those with us coming up and explain what led to them making this decision to actually move to Israel and to, uh, uh, and to establish their home, either as a single or as the leader of a family or as a retiree, establish their home in the state of Israel. It's pretty remarkable. By the way, we started our Elul Chesed campaign yesterday, even though Rosh Chodesh is not until tonight. We began yesterday because we spoke to Rabbi Krasniansky in Maui, and he described to us uh, what the situation is like and how He's trying to help people in the community, and then, of course, outside the community, a unique opportunity for a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, helping those who are in such desperate situations down in Maui. Those of you who want to give, it's uh, jewishmaui.com slash, um, slash relief, jewishmaui.com slash relief, and that'll get you all of the uh, information regarding what's happening in Maui and the opportunity to give and to support the cause, part of our Elul Chesed campaign in memory of Yanki Meyer. We're on an El Al flight. We are literally flying to Israel, and we'll be meeting some of the uh, Olim, some of the people that have made this commitment to establish their home in Israel. I hope that this, uh, as it does every year, I hope it inspires others. It is the 64th chartered Aliyah flight, meaning an Aliyah flight that's completely full of Olim, as opposed to the group flights that are going year-round from the North America uh, continent to Israel. This is a the 64th of the charter flights. It's also, I believe, my 10th. I'd have to have a rummy look this up. Um, keeping an account of, uh, or, or, or keeping in mind that we were in um, Israel with Nefesh Benefesh twice during the summer of 2014, the war summer, uh, which we hope we never have to revisit. And... Um, and then, uh, except for COVID, being with Nefesh Benefesh each year, I think this is the 10th time that I'm making quote-unquote fake aliyah, as we like to call it. I believe it's the 10th time. 
and uh, those out there that um, <laughs> wonder what it's like to be on this end of it, to be part of an Aliyah process but not actually making Aliyah, there is a, there's a pain to it. I know that many of you are rolling your eyes that I get to have this opportunity, and believe you me, I'm not minimizing the opportunity, but there is a pain to the fact that uh, we're flying to Israel and uh, with Olim and not actually taking part in this entire process. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the AM on a Wednesday morning from the Nefesh Benefesh Charter Aliyah flight. Plenty more is going to be happening between now and 9 a.m. if you keep it right here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network.
JM in the AM. We are on a flight, believe it or not. We are broadcasting live from El Al as we escort, or have the privilege, I should say, of escorting a whole uh, host, an entire plane full of Olim to the state of Israel. What an incredible feeling it is, really remarkable. More coming up. Our first guest is going to be joining us. Uh, and remember, you're going to get a taste of uh, everything that's going on. Lone soldiers, single people, married, um, young couples, older couples, retirees. We're going to try to give you a home mix and remind everybody in the diaspora that the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. Thank you, Nefesh Benefesh, for this opportunity. More coming up. from our souls A time to mend A time to gather stones A time for peace in Israel Let me hear the voice of bride and groom of laughter in the streets Answer the prayer of our children so they need not fear in Israel
JM in the AM. We're on a flight, believe it or not. Broadcasting from the air on a Wednesday morning broadcast of JM in the AM. An annual tradition, Baruch Hashem, with our friends at Nefesh B'Nefesh. Row 7 has turned into a radio studio so that we can meet some of the Olim, some of the people that are actually making this move to Israel and declaring that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. And that includes Galia Wexler, who is with us, uh, sitting in our makeshift studio aboard this El Al flight. Shalom and Mazal Tov to you. Shalom. Thank you so much. You've probably been accepting a lot of Mazal Tov wishes over the last few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> are, are there some people very close to you who wish you Mazal Tov, but they've got that tug in their heart, they've got that painful experience that obviously they're going to miss you 6,000 miles away? Yeah, definitely my family, my immediate family, and also my extended family who are still in the U.S., um, and a bunch of people are like, don't go, but also I'm jealous. Um, so, How many years did it take to make this decision? Um, not long. The first time I visited Israel was when I was 14 with my mom. That was the first time you were ever there? Yeah. And immediately fell in love with the country and, you know, had always considered Aliyah throughout high school. And then when I got to college, I was like, for sure, this is for me. Um, and then when I started college in the fall of 2019, so then when COVID hit and, you know, everyone had nothing to do but sit at home alone with their thoughts, I was like, for sure, this is exactly what I want to be doing, and now here I am. So has college been completed already in the U.S., or is this something you're going to be pursuing in Israel? Yes, I graduated in December with a history degree. Oh, that's all tough. And what are the plans? Is it going to be work? Is it going to be, uh, what, what's the plan for Israel? So I'm hopefully going to be working, and that is still a process, um, but I'm looking to continue the work I've done in the Jewish nonprofit world, um, engaging with students, talking about anti-Semitism, love of Israel, um, all those great things. Boy, so, you know, we love the fact that you're moving to Israel, but you know we need a lot of you, a lot of your types in the United States right now to fight these battles and to really be at the forefront of the issues that you just mentioned. Yeah, I have a, ro a lot of great colleagues in the U.S. who are doing great work, but you I'm happy to be on the beach in Tel Aviv. <laughs> you actually interned at the World Jewish Congress. I did. They're always involved in the issues you just described. Yes, they're great. Shout out to the Next Gen team. Um, yeah, working. I was there for eight months between when I graduated and last week. Um, and really, it was an incredible experience. The organization does such incredible work that I think most of the Jewish community benefits from and yet doesn't realize that they benefit from. I didn't know what the World Jewish Congress was until I was an adult and I didn't realize like how intensely they help the global Jewish community um, and working there was just an absolute pleasure. And the truth is that as much as someone could be familiar, once you're an insider, you see so much more of what they're able to do. Yeah. And they have great leadership there. Um, we should mention, by the way, you're from White Plains, where people are always curious not only about the educational background, but about your geography. Uh, it's a community that has a, a good Zionist feel, right? Yeah, so White Plains, if you're not familiar, is a suburb of New York City. In Big Westchester. Yes, big Jewish community, um, several different shuls of all different denominations, very close, active Jewish community, lots of Jewish schools in the area. I, like most of the kids in the area, went to Jewish summer camp. Um, and very, very strong emphasis on Zionism and love of Israel. And so that definitely helped push me in this right direction. And according to my notes, when you get to Israel, you will not be 
the first member of your family to actually live in the Holy Land. Correct. Explain that. Um, so I have some extended family there, a couple cousins who made Aliyah um, about 10 years ago, and then I have some more distant family technically, but our relationship is very close, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them when I land and getting to spend some more time with And them. you have roots in the Holy Land that predates the state, right? Yes. And we're told that uh, your grandfather moved to Palestine in the 1920s. Not my grandfather. Oh, not your grandfather. No, but, but some of my relatives who are there, right. their branch of the family has been there since the 1920s. Got it, okay. <laughs> We're not always prepared with 100% accurate information, but hey. Pretty close, pretty impressive, the things no, you got. <laughs> there's no question that there's a, uh, an established uh, branch of the family uh, that's been in Israel for quite a while. Now, what happens, I mean, you mentioned, of course, friends and relatives who have uh, you know, a variety of things to say to you as you get ready for this big trip. Uh, and you've heard a lot over the last few weeks, but what about those your age who might have been influenced by your decision? Do you meet others or are you uh, having an effect on those your age from White Plains and other areas who are like, wow, if Galia is considering this and actually going ahead with this, I might want to consider it. I think so. Well, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so jealous, blah, blah, blah. But I have one friend who I can tell when she talks about the possibility of moving to Israel, like she has that in her. And I really think she might do it one day and I hope she does. One of the themes. I hope all my friends do. Amen to that. One of the th and hopefully in a very positive, happy state, not because they're escaping from somewhere. Um, yes. Uh, as has you know been the case with so many prior generations. Um, we have a, a slogan that we've been saying for years on this program, which is the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. I always marvel that people like you get that. Not everyone does. Why do you think you understand that so well? Um, I think a lot of it was my upbringing and my education. My parents and my grandparents put a very strong emphasis on Zionism growing up. And I also went to Solomon Schechter and Camp Ramah, which also just taught us to love Israel, to appreciate Israel, to know about Israel. Um, and even though you know everything about it and every minute of it isn't perfect and isn't amazing, um, it's something that we should care about, and I think that's helped influence why I think it's so important and what drove me to make Aliyah. Fantastic. Galia, mazal tov to you. Thanks so much Thank for joining you. us here today. Thanks for having and me. And I hope you have an amazing experience in Israel. It sounds like you're, you're ready for that. Thank you. A pleasure. Galia Wexler, everybody, from White Plains, New York, among the young people here who are uh, heading to Israel on this flight. And I thank you very, very much. More coming up. You're listening to a JM in the AM Wednesday morning broadcast. This is a song that was introduced to us yesterday. This is a song that uh, Arye Kunstler released in honor of the IDF soldiers. Um, it literally just created this song uh, a little while ago. And um, uh, at one of the grilling events for the IDF, uh, he introduced it. Uh, he and a gentleman named Shia, and they get a big shout out as we play it for you here at JM in the AM. Ha 
ברצינו. כי השם אלוקיכם, ההולך עמכם, להילחם לכם, למוביכם, להושיעתכם, ונאמר אמן. כי השם אלוקיכם, ההולך עמכם, להילחם לכם, למוביכם, להושיעתכם, ונאמר אמן. הוא יברך את חיילי צבא ההגנה לישראל, העומדים על משמר ארצנו. Shout out to uh, Aryeh Kunstler, to Shia Kamenetsky, to Grilling for the IDF, and everybody who had a role in already popularizing that song, uh, dedicated to the soldiers of, of Tzahal, of course. Uh, first played at a Grilling for the IDF event last week. Thanks to listener Yitzi for pointing that out to us. And um, what a great song, and Aryeh Kunstler wasn't sure that it was uh, on air, ready to be played, but uh, he caved in. <laughs> he was he was generous enough to send that over to us, and anything that we could do to musically pay tribute to the uh, IDF, we are set to do it. We're on the plane. It's hour number one of our incredible broadcast here with Nefesh Benefesh. We're going to be meeting more of our old in those who are actually on the flight coming up here at JM in the AM. In the meantime, we get the chance to listen to uh, Eitan uh, Katz here at JM in the AM, and then continue with more uh, Nefesh Benefesh information for those of you who are inspired and want to do the same thing that the folks on this flight are doing. 
It's a 8664-ALIAH, 8664-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. You can also uh, call 866. You can also go to the web, rather, at nbn.org.il. That's nbn.org.il. More coming up at JM in the AM.
יש צבא גדול שלוחם מכל הלב ונותן את הכל לא חושב מה יהיה ומוסר את הלב אחד בשביל כולם, כולם בשביל אחד רצים קדימה ישנו עם קטן מפוזר בכל קצוות תבל יום יבוא קרוב מאוד ואז הוא ייגאל רק מי ומי, מי ומי, מי ומי ומי יגיע בנרינו, בזקנינו, בבנינו, בבנותינו, בצוננו, בבקרנו כולנו נלך כולנו נלך כל אחד מישראל בסוף יגאל זה לא חשוב מאיפה באת
אבל כל שקט בלב לחש לי מבפנים. כל העולם הוא קשר צר ויודעים שהעיקר לא לפחד כלל לזכור את האמונה מטה אבין רחמנם כי כל מה שקורה קמצו לטובה
JM in the AM. Here we are. That was Aton Katz, of course, as we continue on a Wednesday morning broadcast from the plane. I know it's hard to believe they're actually on a flight, but we are, which is pretty remarkable and pretty incredible, frankly. Um, we are um, speaking with it, it. There's been a lot of turbulence on this flight. That's why we took that break. There's been a lot of turbulence, and there's been a lot of... Uh, um, meal serving and things like that. So we haven't been able to get our guests up to our studio, which is a rarity. Usually we're able to operate in a pretty um, smooth fashion, but we are going to catch up with some of our guests coming up here at JM and the AM uh, and some of the Olim that are on this flight. Uh, 64 is the magic number for this year. It's the 64th charter flight with hundreds of Olim on this plane, an LL charter heading to Israel and landing on Wednesday morning, Israel time. You're listening, of course, to this broadcast on uh, Wednesday morning, Eastern time. And I remind you that uh, you could also have this experience. If you're inspired by the people that we're speaking to, you could have the same experience by going to uh, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and of course, 8664-ALIYAH, 8664-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. I want to thank uh, the Nefesh Benefesh staff that's helping us. I also want to thank the um, incredible staff that we have. In particular, I want to give a special shout-out to Avrami and to Mayor Ferdig, both of whom are going to be sitting in over the next couple of days as I head back from Israel to the United States. I thank them very, very much uh, for sitting in. And um, a lot of lessons every time we do this trip. There's a, there are different lessons and different uh, themes that I come up with and that I enjoy uh, watching here. It is, it is pretty amazing how um, a system that has become so unbelievably efficient with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh, and we could talk about the uh, amazing development over the years of how, that, of how all that had happened. It's amazing how even in 2023 there is still or especially, I should say, in 2023, there are still ways that have made this process even easier for Olim. Many would find that hard to believe, especially those who made Aliyah over the last few years, but it is 100% true, and it's got to be acknowledged as they continue to advance with as technology advances here at, uh, at Nefesh Benefesh. And we have uh, two very special guests with us. We have two very special guests who are joining us. Uh, over the years, we've had some amazing stories. Over the years, we've had some um, <laughs> some incredible stories of these journeys of people who are making Aliyah. And when I saw the names of these Olin, I said to myself, wow, I think these are people that we're familiar with for a long, long time and who would really appreciate the fact that we are broadcasting a JMDM broadcast from the Nefesh Benefesh Aliyah flight. Shayna and Craig Prupis are with us in our temporary studio in row number seven of this El Al flight. They are from Edison, New Jersey. They are moving to Ramat Beit Shemesh. Welcome to both of you and Mazal Tov. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty amazing. I would assume this is uh, long in the making. Should I assume so? Yes, it is. 40 years? 40 years? Wow. 40 years of dreaming about it and it's finally happening. But there's a, a much bigger story to this background and that is that... Uh, um, at any long time, you have to be a really long time listener to appreciate this story. A long, long time listener. Because when this radio program began in the form of Jewish music programming and Jewish radio programming in 1977, it started because of the very hard work of very few people. 
um, community leaders that really wanted to see it succeed and continue. I came in in an era when there was a question of, it, of whether it would continue or not. And one of those people, Dr. Rhoda Freeman, somebody who of course uh, was at Uppsala College as dean of the college, and uh, who you knew very well, because that's your mom. <laughs> yes. And uh, I would guess over the years she expressed, I hope, tremendous pride that what was started back then in some way, shape, or form continues all the way until now. Absolutely. She was an extreme Zionist and she took us to Israel. Um, and you know she was involved in so many different Jewish organizations and I grew up with a love of Israel, love of Eretz Israel. She fostered in me um, a religion that I hold very dear to my heart. And in going to Israel with my husband, it was the first time for him in 1980, we just, it hit us. You know, it touches your neshama when you visit. It's 43 at least it did for years us. Wow. And uh, yeah, October of 1980. And uh, since then, we've just dreamed of one day living here. Now, for those who are longtime listeners, they might be curious how your mother came to Uppsala College. Do, is there a great story about it, or was she simply hired as dean? She was a history professor. Um, she got her doctorate in, his, in history, and she became a professor, a full professor, at Uppsala College. And when the faculty, or the, I guess, uh, president, Fielman, was looking for a replacement. Uh, he looked to my mother, temporarily I would say, because she was an Orthodox Jew in a Lutheran college. Right. And it wasn't a position that would remain for her, uh, or she didn't believe it would. Um, and it was true, it didn't. But um, for the time that she was acting dean, she made a big impact on the college, on the community. And I know that because when she passed away in September of 1986, we received so many accolades, so many written. I was just reading them over in purging and packing my house. <laughs> I can't, you know, I have this thick notebook of all the letters and accolades from everybody. Um, and I know how many people have asked me how a Jewish radio show is associated with Uppsala College. She must have gotten that question all the time about a Lutheran college literally being the host, not just on the airways, but on the campus of the Jewish radio show. Well, I think because the radio station, the college radio station, didn't broadcast all the time, and there was time and yep. airspace. And, and God watches over everything. And he's sense. the ultimate producer. <laughs> Uh, Craig, we've spoken over the years. You've been in touch. And uh, what does all this mean to you that uh, <laughs> JM and the AM is on the flight? You're on the flight. And we're sort of doing this all together. I regret the fact that I'm turning back, but hopefully soon that'll change. Who knows? Um, so this is actually, I have mixed feelings on this. It's interesting. Uh, we've developed such a deep, deep uh, connection to Edison Highland Park. Right. Um, even the road, the street we're on, we have our own WhatsApp group. And it's, it was, it's painful to actually leave, you know, all these friends in the community. I mean, we're excited about where we're heading. Are you in that neighborhood since you're married? Uh, How yeah, long have you been in the yes. house? 44 years. Wow. And, and I went, Shannon and I both went to Rutgers Douglas. I've been in the community 50 years, Shannon 48 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. 
what an investment you made in what now is a very vibrant and incredible Jewish community. It is. But I'm sure your friends and neighbors felt that that, <laughs> that they're crying that there's even more vibrancy and the future of the Jewish people is where you're heading so I'm heading to Highland Park Israel <laughs> because so many people from Highland Park Edison have actually moved to not only Yerushalayim but Ramat Beit Shemesh and that's where you'll be Ramat Beit Shemesh yeah uh, so we have a lot of oh so you're reuniting now. with a lot of old we friends we are we certainly are well, that's yeah. pretty cool um and now you're retired because we were speaking to people of different backgrounds. Lone soldiers, young families, older families, and retirees. And uh, why not a little pitch for those in, a, in the generation of retirees, why they should consider if they're going to, to close out their businesses or, or move on from their career, why they should choose Israel? Well, if it's always been a dream, uh, things that have always held people back have been their jobs, um, family, their single children, things like that, taking care of parents. So for our lives, um, we married off our last of our uh, five kids two years ago. And unfortunately, we both lost our fathers uh, recently in the last two, three years. So the commitment that we, or the re requirement of taking care of our kids, no longer, they're all married, and our parents now are gone. There's no excuse, there's no reason holding us back. Uh, so I've been retired a few years. Shana retired so she can pack the house and empty the house. Must be a project after it 44 is. years in the same oh, house. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Boy, oh, boy. Um, now, there's a note here that they gave me in advance of this conversation about a Megillah that's there. Yes. Is there a special Megillah going to Israel? There is. Um, going through my mom and dad's things. Um, my dad packed up everything. Um, when he moved and then he passed away and I took all of his things to my house right. and I really hadn't had a chance to look through everything because it just was too much and in looking at the photographs and the pictures I came across the I have it in my carry-on actually it's a metal um, it's a metal tube and inside is a, a handwritten Vigilat Esther um, and I believe it belonged to my great-grandfather um, it was accompanied by a picture of my grand, great grandfather and great grandmother, and they look like, you know, Yehudim. And its new home will be in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Absolutely. Uh, what a delight to reunite with both of you in this forum. I still think there's a lot of karma here that there's a this incredible connection to the beginning of my career, and uh, and that you, of course are continuing the amazing tradition that Jews for generations were hoping to continue, and that is moving to Israel and, uh, and going, so, uh, and, and going uh, with such enthusiasm and awaiting a very vibrant life in the Holy Land. So I say mazal tov to both of you Thank and uh, continued good luck. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so Thank much. You. Shane and Craig Prupis, everybody, they are heading to the Holy Land. They are one of the couples on this flight. Uh, they are moving to Ramat Beit Shemesh. Those of you out there who would like to explore any and all of this, you know what you could do. You can go to uh, nbn.org.il. It's nbn.org.il. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing because Orit is an old friend. And she's coming up next here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, anyway, nbn.org.il or 866-4-ALIYAH, 4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. That is your... Um, that is the way you get in touch with Nefesh Benefesh. Is uh, your microphone working? Let's just see. Say, I think so. There you go. Beautiful. Orit Ryder is here. Orit has a connection to the Siegel family, I'm proud to say. And we're very proud, as I'm sure your whole family is, not just those of us who happen to know you, 
that you are moving to the uh, holy city of Jerusalem, making Aliyah, and you are not the first person in your family to do this. I am Explain not. the background. Okay, so I'm not sure which one of my sisters went first, but two of my sisters went two years ago, and my mom went last year. That's amazing. So... I'm not so were they behind. were they expecting that you'd be right uh, right behind them? I mean, they thought I would be before them. Honestly, they beat <laughs> me to it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> you never know how this thing is going to work out, huh? And um, and uh, you are a teacher and a social worker, and you are planning on continuing those professions in Israel. I am. What do you have lined up? Anything yet? So Bezran Hashem, I'll be teaching in four seminaries this coming year. Um, Madrasha at Moria, Madrasha Rova, Madrasha Me, and Ishkasher for women. Was that hard to do from being in the U.S.? And um, a little bit. I would imagine. A little bit, but thank God people are really kind, and you just have to, a lot of, hey, just following up, hey, just following up. And now you're <laughs> secured in all those positions. Yeah, thank God. And did you know where in Yerushalayim you're going to be? Yeah, in Baca. Very nice. And uh, I would assume you have some friends there already? I do. Because it seems like everybody has his friends in every neighborhood in, in Israel where they're moving to. Now, I mean, look, having a mom and sisters already there, you know, is part of the explanation. But there are people listening right now, you know, who wonder about their own dream of making Aliyah. Why for you was this a natural progression? Totally. I mean, it definitely helps that my mom is there and that my sisters are there. But I'm not, like, making Aliyah to live with my mom and my sisters. Um, I think... And this is something I shared with my friends the other day that, you know, not many people are lucky enough to have dreams, to be able to live life and not just focus on what they're doing from the day to day and really just have a vision. And fewer people are able to achieve that dream. And I know for myself, I was with Chava, actually, on the holiday in 2014. Shout out to Chava Siegel. Yeah, Eve Siegel RN. <laughs> That's right. E-C-O-R-N. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's all She'll like the her. reference to her casual and professional references. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was in Israel in 2014. That's a summer, just so people understand. It's not yes, a whole year. It's a summer. Yes, that summer. During, I was on Mechlala right. during the war. Right. And that was when that, um, that spark of wanting to make Aliyah really woke up within me. And it's been like, I guess, nine years um, in the making. But I think that you know, for myself as in where I am in my life, I kept on asking myself every like six months or every time I graduated, like is now the right time, is now the right time, is now the right time. And then one day I was like, oh man, I think it's the right time. This is it. How long did the whole Nefesh for Nefesh project or I should say process take you? For me, because yeah. I'm one person, it took me six months. All right. Um, a little stressful six months. Um, a lot of davening that you get the... <laughs> Right things at the right time that your apostille comes. I got my visa on Friday. Yeah, and and post, it's Tuesday. And post COVID, those things have become even more challenging. Yeah, but people are really kind, yeah. and they want to help pull them out. I'm just thinking back as as I think about when I was your age and and that generation of people that I was associated with. There were people who made aliyah, but it was not this, you know, it wasn't this focus that you know seemed to you know have some type of thread through the entire generation. You probably know a lot of people your age have either made the move or are seriously considering getting there mm -hmm. in the next year or two. I don't know what the generational difference is, but boy, you're li we're living in a time and you're, I think, privileged to be growing up in a time where, where people in their 20s, people of, a, of, of that young generation, are already feeling that the only place for them is Israel. I don't know if the way the United States is going has anything to do with it. I think you're more of the type of person that understands the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, for, for myself, I think 
one particular moment what, when I decided that I really needed to go this time around, because I <laughs> decided that I needed to go in the past incidents of going, um, was I was sitting in a job interview and I was like looking around the place and I was like, this is not the next 20 years of my life. Wow. <laughs> um, so I think, I think also it's, it's, um, I'm going to miss Trader Joe's a lot, but there's there's a lot going on in Israel. It's not as hard as it used to be, and it really doesn't feel like a sacrifice as much as it really feels like an opportunity and a blessing. Um, You're we, lucky to have come to that reality, frankly. Yeah, honestly, I, we heard from, I was on NCSY Jolt Israel, shout out to NCSY, um, <laughs> this past summer, and we heard from Rabbi D, and he was talking about the halakhic ramifications of a majority of Israel living in the land of Israel. And I was like, I'm so happy I don't have to worry about being over in a race every anytime soon. I um, hear that. So. Boy, a halacha component to it as well. Uh, your family must be very, very proud of you I don't, from all angles. I hope so. Um, anyway, I'm very glad that we are together on this flight and I can represent the Siegel family and wishing you a mazal tov literally Thank in person you. as you're making Aliyah. <laughs> Thank you. Continued success and I hope more and more people your age understand the importance of doing this uh, and follow your example. So mazal tov. All right. Thanks, Nachum. Arit Ryder, everybody, going from Washington Heights to Jerusalem. Imagine that. Here on a Wednesday morning broadcast, we're speaking with her at JM in the AM. Our next guests are the wine traubs, I believe. The wine traubs are in the green room. They each should put on a set of headphones, why not? And we'll greet them appropriately. David and Shoshana. One of you could sit if you wish. David and Shoshana are here. They are uh, from Balakinwood, Pennsylvania. How do you like that? And they are heading, uh, well, it says here Jerusalem slash Haifa, so we'll see exactly what that means in a moment. Uh, David Weintraub, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Nice. You come from a nice Jewish neighborhood, Balakinwood. Yes, we do. Very yeah. nice. And uh, Shoshana, welcome to you as well. Thank you. And just move that up a drop, the microphone. So what's the story? Give us the background here. Uh, how long have you been considering this? Uh, did Balakinwood play a role in, <laughs> in, in making you think that the future for your family and the Jewish peoples in Israel? What's the background here? Um, Aliyah has always been a topic of discussion. It's always been something that we've always thought about, talked about. And I mean, for me personally, at least, it really became a reality in the past year when I spent the year in Israel at Yeshiva Dakotel. Oh. And uh, that kind of just made everything just keep on going and moving and just realize that it was the right thing, the right place to be. And that just allowed me to just continue the path. And Tomorrow, my son is flying from New Jersey to Shiva Dakota. Oh, look at that. He'll be in Shana Aleph over there. That's exciting. And uh, what can you tell us, Shoshana, about all this, about the uh, impetus to get over <laughs> to the Holy Land? Yeah, I think that we grew up in a really Zionistic home where Israel's always been something we want to do as a family. I personally, for my bat mitzvah, so 12 years ago now, um, my mom and I went to Israel on a mother-daughter bat mitzvah trip, and it was actually on that trip that I made the decision right then that I was going to make Aliyah at one 12. day. At 12 years old, yeah. So half my life's planning this at this point. <laughs> That's funny. Who's going to Jerusalem? Who's going to Haifa? I'm going to Jerusalem. And uh, do you have something lined up there for yourself? Or how are things? Um, well, I'm going back to Yeshiva for the first couple of months. Nice. And then drafting. So. Will it be Yeshiva Dakota? Uh, possibly. Right. We'll see. If you run into Gavri Siegel, um, you can't miss him. He's six and a half feet tall. <laughs> and what's up in Haifa there, Shoshana? I'm going to be starting my graduate degrees at the Technion doing wow. biomedical engineering. 
So hopefully master's and then PhD. The not that you're an expert at this, I don't expect you to be, but the Technion has really started to attract people from outside of Israel to a very large degree. I, mean, I would assume that as you went through the process, you learned that, right? Yeah, I mean, so particularly I would say within the academic community, it's definitely a well-known name. Um, they're actually, in my department, hosting a bioprinting conference in September where my actually my PI, who I did research with at Penn, is actually going to be coming to Haifa, to the Technion for this wow. conference, which is huge. Um, and there's also a really large um, international student community that's growing. OUJLIC is starting there this fall, which is great. So they have not been there before? They have not been there before. So great I, move on their yeah, part. Yeah, great move on their part, great move on my part, yeah. starting now. 100%. So. And that the Army's in your future. Yes, it is. And that's a commitment that you made how long ago? Um, I don't mean officially, I mean in your head. When did you think, hey, I'm going to serve? Since probably 11th grade, 12th grade, it's been an idea. And then once once I was like started the whole process of figuring out where I was going for yeshiva and all that stuff, I knew immediately I had to go to a Hezder and get that Israeli culture in and all that stuff. And then once I was here, I was like, there's no way I'm not doing this. Is there a large representation in the IDF from Balakinwood? Uh, there there actually is a pretty like good good amount of guys that I know from Balkanwood who have, yeah, gone to the Army and drafted. Half of my high school class actually served in the IDF. Well, how large is your high school class? 22 kids. And 11 were in the IDF? Eight, a little, so a little less than half, but yeah. That is an unbelievable percentage. We serve our country. You know 10% of the Anglos in Yeshiva Dakot will never go back to America. Or at least that was the case with my older sons. It's probably still like that. It's probably still like yeah. that. Right? I should prepare myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking it to me now. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, David Weintraub, Shoshana Weintraub there from Balak, Kinwood. Uh, David going to Yerushalayim and the IDF and Shoshana heading up to the Technion and will be in Haifa. A real pleasure meeting you both and mazal tov to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining me. Uh, on this uh, unique and amazing uh, flight where so many people are making Aliyah as we speak, literally here at JM in the AM. And we have another two guests here to introduce to everybody. Are they going on together? We'll put them on together. Let's put them on together. Each of you grab one of these uh, contraptions. And we will introduce, one of you could sit if you wish, please. Uh, we will introduce to you, where's Dahlia? That's Dahlia. Thank God you showed up. <laughs> Thank God you showed up to this studio is all I can tell you. Otherwise, I'll tell you, I would never have heard the end of it. And you know exactly what I mean, right? Yes, yeah, so I, you I know, know what you mean. You know exactly. We'll talk about that in a moment. Dahlia Adams is here from East Brunswick, New Jersey. Nava Berenholtz is here from Teaneck, New Jersey. A pleasure. Kind of. Well, where are you really from? <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> My parents moved to Teaneck about a year ago, so I'm not really from Teaneck. You know, we hear about certain pockets of tremendous Zionism in the United States. Cleveland's one of them. Oh, yeah. There's a big Cleveland community in Israel. Huge. It's pretty amazing. My sister, actually, after she got married to a Clevelander, uh, made Aliyah from Cleveland, you know, when that was in 1986. Oh, wow. So the tradition's been there for quite a while, yeah. to say the least. All right, so Navos from Cleveland, Teaneck, however you want to put it. And um, you're, I, I, I assume this is public information, anything they gave me, dating somebody who's going to Hesder in Israel? Actually, we just got engaged. Masalto! <laughs> Thank you. And when you mean just, does that mean on the plane? Or? As in like two weeks ago. <laughs> That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, so what's the plan? Have we set a month yet for the wedding? We don't know when it'll be yet. Uh, Lagbo, Mayor, Bezrat Hashem. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
um, and you're and obviously starting your your married life in Israel, which is pretty remarkable. Thank God. Uh, you're going to be at Amudim Seminary, which we've heard a lot about in Yerushalayim. Yeah. I'm How very are they excited. doing over there? They're great. They just got a new baby Josh and new apartments. All right, we heard it's one of those uh, programs that's growing by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. So Mazal talk to you on all of this. Thank you. Unbelievable. And Dahlia Adams, the reason she and I are both uh, are joking a bit about her appearance, uh, there are people in East Brunswick, New Jersey, that yeah. insisted that she be on this show from the plane. So I guess you and I have to give a big, big shout out to the Rosenbaums, right? Yes. To say the least. Uh, East Brunswick your whole life? Yeah. And uh, you're going to Kibbutz Kvutzat Yavna. I'm assuming that's near or in what I know is Kibbutz Yavna, I guess. It's right next to Givat Washington. And it's give, I'm going to be in Givat Washington. At doing what? I'm going to be in Madrika Machon Mayan. So, wow, in my day, I don't think Givat Washington had a seminary. No, had it didn't. It. And now there's one that's, uh, is it growing? Is it large? Is it active? It's pretty big now. We actually, that's where we met, um, Nava and I, and it's definitely growing a lot. Oh, so you know that area really well. Yes. You know how to get on the, on the bus to Ashdod and everything. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Um, that you plan to study social work through YU. Now, how does that work? Is YU have a program in Israel? How does that work? So it's a joint program. So during the summers, you do uh, classes in Washington Heights. And then during the year, about October until June, you do so, um, your field work in Israel. Very nice. So yep. that works out really well. And it says here you're making Aliyah in tribute to your family's close family friends who are big advocates of Aliyah, but unfortunately they were in a tragic car accident. What's that story about? Yeah, so um, the Horowitzes uh, lived in East Brunswick. Um, Ari Horowitz was very close with my father. Um, my parents were very close with them, and they um, organized mission trips to Israel for our young Israel community, and they were huge um, leaders when it came to educating about Israel and um, fortunately about 10 years ago they were killed in a car accident um, before they were able to go back to Israel. Unbelievable. Now the reason this is hitting home on this flight for me, I assume you know that Nefesh Benefesh started because of a tragedy. Now obviously that tragedy was my fastest cousin in Israel and obviously terror attacks and traffic accidents are different but still that this is being done in tribute to someone's memory is pretty cool. So Kolaka votes you on that. So there you go, folks. So Nava Berenholtz heading to Yerushalayim. Dahlia Adams heading to Kibbutz Futsat Yavne uh, and working in Givat, Washington. And uh, do both of you want to give a shout out to people? Not a shout out, but I should say, I'd love for you to just give us a sentence or two of your feelings of being on this flight and why other people your age should consider doing this. What do you think? I think this is a really, really amazing opportunity and it's unlike anything I've ever done before. And I just really recommend anyone who's our age to do it right now because it's the perfect time. It's right before you start your life, but not too early. And I just wish my sister could be here with me, really. Wow. I have a twin sister. We're very close. And, uh, She's staying I, in the United States? Uh, for now. She's hopefully going to join later, but I want her to come as soon as possible. And Dahlia, you have a message for everybody? Yeah, I think that you don't realize until you start the Aliyah process how many people are actually looking out for you. I've had so many people reach out to me and tell me their family members in Israel want to host me for Shabbos. And, you know, you just don't realize until you start that you're really not alone, even if I, I don't have any fam close family in Israel. So um, you don't realize how you aren't alone at all until you start the process. So I think you just kind of need to make a jump for it. Now, you both have remarkable messages. They're much appreciated. And again, mazal tov to both of you. Thank you. Nava Berenholtz and Dahlia Adams. And you are listening to JM and the AM. We're actually broadcasting from a plane, as crazy as that sounds. I know we're recording it, and you're hearing it 
Wednesday morning back in the New York, New Jersey area, and of course the rest of the world. Uh, but this is unique for us. It's pretty amazing when we get this opportunity each and every year uh, to actually broadcast from a plane and to um, be with everybody in this unique fashion. Uh, this time each and every Monday through Thursday, Rabbi David Goldwasser, his words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin, Vesov Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Vesov Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Shmos, L'lakachti eschem li la'am. Usually, in order for a people to become a nation, they have to dwell in the same land where they were born and raised. If they become uprooted from their land and have to move elsewhere, they can't always maintain their own nationality. B'nai Yisrael, however, became a nation before they reached Eretz Yisrael. We have always been a nation, no matter which land we have gone to. The Yalkut Chodesh explains that the same language is employed with reference to Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land, as the expression that is used for the Torah, Torah Tzivolonu Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded us the Torah, it is an inheritance, Kehilas Yaakov, for the Kehila of Yaakov. Because the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael is not something that a person has an everlasting schustu, we have this privilege if we live a life according to Torah. Our claim to Eretz Yisrael depends on Klal Yisrael guarding our nationality through Shmir Samitzvus in Torah learning. The Michtam Elio says, The fact that we have a Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael today is a nace. It's a miracle. It is among the great chasodim that Hashem has bestowed upon His nation. We are able to come from one extreme, the point of Chorben Europa, the Holocaust, to the other extreme, and reestablish the Yeshivas in the great centers of Yiddishkeit in Eretz Yisrael. We have to remember, though, there is an Eretz Yisrael de la Mata, and an Eretz Yisrael Shalmaila, one that is below and one that is above. They both must exist simultaneously. We say in Davening, It has been thousands of years since we have gone into Golos, into the exile. How does the Ava, the great love, remain in our heart? The Michtam Elio explains, it's because of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. That Kedusha, continues to draw us near, no matter how long the bitter Golos is. This is the Yerusha, the inheritance that we have from Avraham Avinu. He was Moshe Nefesh. He self-sacrificed for the Nisayan, the challenge of Lech Lecha. The Talmidim of the Belzer Rebbe, Reb Shalom of Belz, had drawn water for the Mayim Shalono, the special water which is used to bake matzahs. When they finished their task, they were leaving the water overnight to use the next day. They wished the Rebbe, L'shana haba b'Yerushalayim, next year in Yerushalayim. The Rebbe asked, why next year? We can take this water that we drew today and we can bake matzos in Yerushalayim and eat them in the presence of Mashiach tomorrow. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Ha'aleinu le'eretz Yisrael Ha'aleinu le'eretz Yisrael Vezakeinu Vezakeinu Ikdushat Eretz Yisrael
עלינו לארץ ישראל. העלינו לארץ ישראל. וזכינו, וזכינו לקדושת ארץ ישראל. הרחמה הוא יזכנו הרחמה הוא יזכנו לקדושת ארץ ישראל לקדושת
JM in the AM. You are listening to an amazing radio broadcast. Uh, Josh Lifson might not agree with me because he's seen how much chaos there's been here behind the scenes. But hey, he's got to be used to a little bit of chaos. After all, he's been planning on going on Aliyah for the last few months. I have to assume that he's used to not everything going 100% correctly. Joshua Lifson is from Montreal, Canada. He is moving to Haifa. And to you, I say welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you here. So, do uh, a lot of people your age from Montreal decide to move to Israel? Not so many, no. I, I, I have a few friends that I'm trying to drag after me. It will work, likely, right? I hope so. I would imagine so, frankly. That's often how it works. That's right, Hashem. You were in Beit Shemesh. You were in a yeshiva in Beit Shemesh. And um, obviously, uh, at least based on the notes that we were given, something turned you on to want to make this, making Israel your permanent home. Yeah, so I was in in Yeshiva de Hesder, Levatora, for two years, 2020 to 2022. Um, We hear amazing things about Lev, by the way. Yeah, I've... I have nothing but good things to say about it. Quite a place. Um, but if I had to choose like one moment that like really got me to decide that I wanted to make Aliyah in, in Shanabet, um, there's a Rav there, Rav Kualwasser. He's, sure. he's in charge of running Shanabet in general. And he gives a Sikha once a year. Um, he gives Sikha every week, but there's one Sikha that he gives once a year. Um, and it's just, it, it's the most incredible thing. I, re- I really can't, quite describe it's how he gave it. It's all about moving to Israel? It's, the, the main idea is that um, one of the things that he says along the, um, along the way that really just stuck in my head is you've got to make Aliyah before your first kid's in first grade, <laughs> otherwise you're not going until you retire. That's good life advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't think there's a single person who walked out of that sicha who didn't intend to eventually make Aliyah. Nice. Well, that's big kudos. Like I say, yeah. Lave's Leif has a great reputation. We know uh, Rabbi Hartstein very well. I love Rabbi Hartstein. He's, He's amazing. Yeah. And, um, and the fact that you just said that, that they actually all have some kernel in their head of a notion of getting to Israel because of the environment in Leif is just wonderful. Now, why Haifa? Why are you heading to Haifa? Uh, so I'm uh, enrolled in the Technion in mechanical engineering. Boy, yet another Technion student that we've been hearing about. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be living in the dorms. Um, so that those dorms are located in Haifa. How long of a program is it? How many years do you have to be in Technion? It's a four-year program. Wow. So you're really going to be up there for a while. Yeah, I'm going to be there for a while. And uh, as we just learned, by the way, the OU has a JLIC on the Technion campus. Does it really? Yeah, starting now. They're literally oh. starting now. That's very cool. So that very good be, to know. That could be extremely helpful to people, from uh, whether you're from Montreal or anywhere else in North America. Um, what's the message? You're on this flight. Uh, my message always is the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. I know you agree with that. Certainly. But what's the message for people your age uh, now that you've been able to, to actually realize this step that you're taking? It's a tough one. Um, I would say in having conversations with adults that have wanted to for a long time, um, pick up now, it only gets harder. Um, you're doing the first grade advice. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah. Do it As now. In, as in, even just in like the paperwork um, in making Aliyah, I have like five documents plus like apostille, and then that's about it. And imagine a large family, right. what they have but, to go through. Right, you need everyone's birth certificates right. and marriage certificates, whatever, divorce certificates, adoptions, whatever it happens, you need that and you need all that apostille. It gets more complicated. It gets more complicated. Um, plus, obviously, once you have your roots set um, in certain places, it's much more difficult to pick up. So. 
I found, like ob obviously I'm going to miss my family um, and I hope to um, get them to possibly follow me. Um, but it, it usually only takes one, right? Yeah, I, I hope you're right. Um, but um, it, it's, it's significantly easier for me where I am in life right now um, to pick up and go to a new country and start my life there than it is for someone much later in life um, to do so, there's always something that's going to come up, as far you, as I understand. You are very wise, as I'm sure many people have told you over the last few months. <laughs> Joshua Lifson, heading from Montreal to Haifa via Beit Shemesh. That is his plan, and now the last stage of that plan is coming to fruition. A mazal tov to you, and a pleasure meeting you. Thank you very much. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for stopping by. Okay, we have another guest coming in. Thank you so much, Josh. Oh, I don't know the last time we had someone from Montreal on the air. But that was really nice. People north of the border are heading to Israel as well. How do you like that? All right. I want to thank Noi. She's amazing. And you've heard, you've heard her on the air before on this show. People know who you are already in my audience. <laughs> Molly Jarrett. Hello. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. You know, it's funny, we had this Zoom meeting about uh, about this show. Mm -hmm. uh, our staff, Nefesh Benefesh staff, and your name popped out. You were like one of those people that said, first of all, just raise that a drop. You're one of those people that said, you must get on the air. You have a great story, you're very enthusiastic. I mean, look, everyone on this plane is enthusiastic, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't be here. Um, but, um, but they said that you have had uh, an unbelievable... Uh, connection to Israel, now you get to realize that connection live and in person, which must be cool. You, you, just th the way you're beaming here on this plane <laughs> looks like you're enjoying this experience a lot. I'm unbelievably excited. How long has this been in the making? Like, concrete steps have been in the works for about 10 years, but it's been a dream for about 20 years. 10 is a long time. Yeah. Even dreaming, 20 is a long time. <laughs> Molly Jarrett, it's according to our notes, works as a teacher and has been very involved in the, Jew in the Chicago Jewish community, teaching Hebrew and Jewish studies in both elementary and middle school. And you are going into this line of work in Israel. That's the plan. And uh, do we know where yet? No, not yet. So I'm, I'm searching for a job. I'm reaching out, following some leads. I don't think you're going to have much of a problem, frankly, because uh, from what I'm told, teaching positions in Israel are at a premium. So yeah, I've, I've heard that their teachers are in very high demand. Yeah. I'm looking to shift a little bit. I'm looking to stay in the Jewish education field, something I love. And I'm looking to maybe get out of the classroom and make Israel my classroom. Says your first stop is Jerusalem. Yes. <laughs> and when you say out of the classroom, according to what we've been told, uh, you're seriously considering becoming a tour guide on Israel. Yes, um, that's the dream. And first of all, you know it's a tough course. 100%. And by the way, that goes for everybody. It's not like you know, yeah. not like just Americans. <laughs> it's not find just for you. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but meaning it's not just Americans who find it hard. It's Even the Israelis tell me it's a challenging course. Yeah. <laughs> and then you really do get to make Israel your classroom. Exactly. And for those who enjoy show and tell, and for those who appreciate a guest coming into the classroom or, of course, going on some type of field trip, imagine when the entire country is now, you know, your backdrop, uh, you know, educating youth and others in Israel. So it, it, I, I would imagine it's a journey. I don't want to say a tough journey. It's not fair. But it's going to be a journey. And a process. And a, and a process is right. And then eventually... Please go. Have you seen good tour guides in Israel over the years? I've seen some phenomenal tour guides. Oh, so you already know you have a tough act to follow. There is some competition, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited for it. There is competition, and we hope that tourism 
stays at a level where these tour guides are in demand, frankly. A hundred percent. The worst thing is when there's, you know, questionable times in Israel. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people are, are, are finding trouble, or having trouble finding work. That's always the worst. Uh, when, the, when, however, tourism is robust, you'll, you'll go anywhere in Israel and just see groups after groups after groups, and of course, tour guides all over the place. Tell me about the Chicago Jewish community, aside from the fact that uh, that someone in my family is about to move there. Oh. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm curious, you know, we've spoken about different hubs of Aliyah uh, that exist, that literally do exist in North America. I can name some in the New York, New Jersey area, and I'm sure, mm -hmm. and you know some in the Midwest. Is Chicago in that category? Is there a nice core of people that really are, are planning on getting to Israel eventually? I think there is, and I also think that there are a lot of like Israeli expats who have settled in Chicago wow. but plan to come back. <laughs> but I, I mean, I can't speak for the Midwest as a whole. I'm a New Yorker, you know, originally. Uh, I was in Chicago for four years, and there's a really, really like strong Zionist feeling in Chicago, very strong ties to Israel, and there is, I think, an Aliyah pipeline from Chicago, and I think that it's, it's growing. I think people are excited by being in Israel. I think people are looking for something bigger, something deeper, and that I think that there's a lot of support behind that. Yeah, well, when a community in the United States, or anywhere, frankly, continues to remind people about the future of the Jewish people being in the state of Israel, then already they, they've started on the right foot. And they'll see the fruits of their of their um, labor, because obviously people like yourself and others, you know, eventually get to Israel, and that's that's the goal after all. Uh, you're a professional, you're somebody who's probably used to a lot of paperwork, <laughs> because you're a teacher. Tell us about the paperwork process with Nefesh Benefesh. With Nefesh Benefesh, it was really, really helpful that they outlined everything that I had to do and they helped along the way. And th there was a lot of paperwork and it was a lot of going to places and sending things in and maybe, oh, I didn't do it quite. This approved, that approved. <laughs> or maybe the wording was a little bit off the first time and <laughs> had to adjust it oh slightly. Um, well, again, you're a teacher, so you might be able to appreciate that. <laughs> it was like report card season. Nine tenths of a point on that one. <laughs> exactly. Did they mark it with red pencil? <laughs> no, they was just like, um, you need to resubmit this. But it was good. It was good. Yeah, like you left the field blank. You know, one of those warnings. Yeah. Uh, but you made it. Here you are. I made it. And from what I'm told, you've already been given your Aliyah papers. That, Not that, yet. But, um, but very soon, soon. But on this flight. On this flight. Which is remarkable. I can't wait. That's the reason I'm on this flight. Well, Incredible. not quite the reason, but it's one of them. Make sure someone gets a photo of that. Uh, Molly Jarrett from Chicago to Jerusalem and a future as a teacher and likely a tour guide in the Holy Land. A pleasure meeting you. You as and well. And Mazal Tov to you. Thank you so much. More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JM and the AM, believe it or not, from a plane. And a couple of our favorite guests are next if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Oh, there it is. Maccabees with Home, one of those songs we've got to get on the air when we're on a Nefesh Benefesh plane. Tradition is tradition. Of course, one of the traditions, we have a full-length conversation with both Tony Gelbart and Rabbi Yoshua Josh Fass. They are the co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. And uh, we are on somewhat of a turbulent flight, but... Uh, I, I think we should paint the picture here for a moment. Go right ahead, Rabbi Fast, please. Uh, this, this plane is bouncing up and down. Tony and I are cuddling in one seat. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to sit with me. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Wait, um, just a second. I want to get my stomach. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Mm. Earlier, they wouldn't allow us to have guests on the air because of the turbulence. I said, oh, this is perfect. Josh and Tony will do it during turbulence. Yeah, why, sure. why not? Look at us. We'll send the people in these seats up to theirs. All right, anyway, Mazal Tov to both of you. You mentioned it was flight number 64. Pretty Correct. Si- pretty significant number. Mazal Tov to both of you. You also said, you said, we thank you. I think it was a thank you, if I heard it correctly. We thank you for your Zionism, optimism. What else did you say there at Kennedy Airport? Zionism, optimism. Idealism. Idealism, you said? Yes. Idealism. Faith and hope. And it's amazing that uh, you're on a plane with a group of people, hundreds, that are doing exactly that, are putting their Zionism to the forefront, understanding the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel, are acting optimistically. The people I've spoken to so far are really are giddy with celebration. And I think the most important thing also is the diversity on this plane. And as what I said at JFK also, just the unity that is created, bounded by this common action. and People want to, to plant themselves in Israel. They want to build their future and future generations in Israel. And it doesn't make a difference what their background is. There's tremendous love. There's respect. There is a, a real sense of achtut uh, on this plane. And it's beautiful. It's mamash gorgeous. I, I always wonder, and I talk about this all the time, hey, you're one of the few... Jewish organizations that truly has representation across the board, every geographic, every educational, every type of background imaginable. And I wonder, Tony, if that was even a thought at the beginning of all this, meaning you're dreaming together and you all and you knew then the benefits of putting together a project like this and going forward. But did you ever dream that it would appeal to such a vast membership of the Jewish community when 
Organizations don't always attract people of all stripes. I know, <clears throat> excuse me, that you would like me to say, no, uh, we never dreamed of that. <laughs> but quite honestly, um, we saw it on the first flight. We saw it from the people who had the interest for making Aliyah. Right. It was a diversity from the very first flight. Yeah, but even you have to admit that to make that last is an accomplishment. Well, that's the difference. So that right. Flight 64 yeah. could look very different than it flight number be. one. Right, absolutely. We were just discussing, I think 10 minutes ago, <laughs> about uh, there's an organization that wants us to partner with them. And we were discussing and saying, right. you know what, some of our olim might feel that we're making a political statement or position. Right. And we, we have to decline. Because, and it's an effort. There's a constant effort of making sure that we are open, embracing to every type of Jew, that they feel that we respect them, we value them, and they have a conduit and a bridge Listen. to move to Israel. And to make it clear, you do seek partnerships. People yeah, shouldn't oh, think of you course, of course. Of course. Dozens. But, but when you apply uh, at Nefesh Benefesh, there's no line that says, are you right wing or left wing? Are you uh, a religious? You're not religious. Are you Ashkenazic or Sephardic? Are you, you know, uh, pro reform? Uh, Democrat or Republican? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't ask you that. Is there, are you Jewish and you love Israel? Welcome, welcome. Yeah. And that's it. That's what you got on the plane here. You have nothing more than that. Yeah. The love of Israel, and, and that's it. See, I don't want to harp on it yeah. because we shouldn't. But I just I feel like I have to respond. That's the accomplishment. Because too many groups, efforts, I don't want to say organizations, too many efforts start this way and really do have an appeal to a diverse group. They're able to somehow, you know, create an umbrella that's pretty impressive. And then, you know, time marches on and you continue down the road and a lot of people fall by the wayside because you are focused to a certain niche, you're focused to a certain ideal, etc. Yeah, but you can never pigeonhole the Jewish people in one little box. Right? But it's not always easy to remain open to the entire Jewish people. And that's, that's what you've done. That's true. That's the whole thing. You, can't, you certainly can't put them in a box. Right. But the question is, will everybody in the variety of boxes feel comfortable being in this flying box? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, thank they, God they, they are, are. Which yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Good point. Well, thank you very much there, Tony. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you've been doing this for a few I, years, I, too, you know. I spent I mean, 11 and a half me. months thinking of things yeah. to talk about with yeah. you guys. <laughs> I just have to adjust my seat for a second because it's getting a little you too have close. A, you have a seat? <laughs> I don't think we consider this a seat for my fast, but anyway. It's an edge. Okay, I'm standing up there. One oh. of the great fears, well, I, I know what, what you're going to say anyway, but, but I, I got to ask because it, it's, an, it's an issue that everybody wants me to address with both of you. One of the great fears is housing prices in Israel. In other words, there are people with dreams and there are people with goals and there are people with timetables, with calendars, etc. When am I going? And this could be people in their 20s, it could be people in their 80s. And we see, thank God, I know it's a tremendous blessing, that the majority of metropolis areas in Israel, if we can call them a metropolis, are in fact Overpriced, not overpriced, but very often out of people's price ranges. Now, the, you'll answer that there are options. South, north, areas we haven't heard of, some areas we have heard of. But for those who really want to be close to the action in a number of places, not just in Jerusalem, but a number of places, what could you tell them about 2023 and moving there and, and worried about what's happening in the housing market? You want to go first? I'll I, go I, first. I have, I have something to say. Um, 
2023, there, there isn't. There isn't, uh, there's no panacea. There's no easy solution. And there, it, it comes down to standard of life versus quality of living. And uh, mm. the values and the quality of life that person has, that you're going to reduce certain standards, certain uh, comforts, certain luxuries that used to have. If you need that, then you can't be in that iconic radius of, uh, of, of where, where Anglos are moving. Yeah, many radii. Exactly. <laughs> right. But you should just know that there doesn't go a week or two weeks that Tony and I do not raise this issue. It's something that we're trying to create a strategy of a model of success. There are ways of thinking out of the box to break some of the monopolies, to get land and developers, rent with an option to buy, fixing prices for, for purchasing. It could be if, when we're able to do it, we have one other major project that we're about to launch in the next few weeks. Once that's launched, we can get on to this next project and this next project. If it works, it can be a model, it can be a pilot for, for, for other communities and also can push, maybe motivate the government to think out of the box as well. And I'm, well, I was just about to say, I'm assuming these are negotiations with private entities as opposed to government, but now you yeah. just said that they're government entities involved. You need to have yeah. government entities to get the land. No choice. No choice. Obviously. And you have to buy by certain rules and regulations right. of, of, to make sure that it's legal of having certain populations um, move to a certain area. When, oh. when you're in the business of Aliyah, you need to have a private-public partnership. You know, right. government, because you're not just you know building a building and having people move to your building and making some profit. The profit for us is getting people into the right neighborhoods at the right cost, and and right and that means a lot. Right cost and right neighborhood means a lot for a lot of different people. It's very diverse. But the issue that we see, look. Everything has a reason, and it starts differently. You know, 20 years ago, and I, you know, maybe I'll date it even a little longer than that. But you know, Modine wasn't Modine. There was not a mall. There was not a train. So now Modine is Modine. It's very interesting. So that became the epicenter. That became the center. Jerusalem was a center. Now this is a center. And then Renana is a center. And all these people for, for Anglo's. Mm -hmm. And we will build additional centers in different places of the country. I mean. Think about it. I think we're roughly about 80,000 Olim, something like yeah, that, 80. over 20 years. Yeah. I mean, you know how big Malay Dumim is? I think we're 40,000, 45,000 people in Malay Dumim. So we're... Two Malay Dumims. I'm not exactly, for but... For Nefesh Benefesh. You know, and, and think about the 30,000-something-plus babies that were born. So All we right. know that housing is probably the, uh, on the top five issues when you make Aliyah. I mean, you know, schooling, job... You know, those kind of things in housing. So th that's really important. And this week, we have a very important meeting coming up for a project, as Rabbi Fass said. We have one project to finish and launch in the next few weeks, and then we have a really amazing project which it's, could make a game changer. It's funny that you mentioned Modian. I remember 18 years ago, the mayor of Modian coming to our a mega event in New Jersey. And he says, I want to sell this new project, Buchman. I want to sell right. this. I remember that. And I'm right. like, what? Yeah, what right. are you talking about? Buchmann. Who's yeah. moving? Yeah. <laughs> Who's I actually remember that. Right. That was 18 years ago. Yeah. 18, um, 18 years ago. What's it like flying? I mean, look, you've always had, thank God, beautiful facilities in Jerusalem. Yeah. Ob obviously. What's it like flying knowing that now 
you're heading to a Nefesh B'Nefesh campus to do your work, one that is the envy of almost all in Israel, and one that's attracting programming that you always dreamed about and now you're able to provide. What? No, before no. you answer. Yeah, go ahead. July. What's that? No, Expansion? Just July, no. Last, last month, we had over 6,000 unique visitors to our campus with programming. It's unbelievable. Okay, now go, Tony, go. <laughs> so Sorry. what you discussed right in the beginning. <laughs> just calibrating you. No, no, but, but what you discussed in the beginning, um, that, you know, that we could be diverse and maintain that diversity and all that. Well, it comes You're to the campus. You're doing it on the campus, right? It's exactly what's happening it's on the campus. It's not just a plane, right? Oh, no. It's not just a plane. This plane is just a microcosm of what goes on inside that campus. So for, for me, it's not it. You, know, you can have an office. I can have a, you run my face, I can have an office here with the right equipment is. It's not an office. That's what's happening in the building. We're going to the heartbeat of Aliyah and Nefesh Benefesh is that campus. When we were designing the building, and the interior designer was asking, you know, the values of the building. That's what they usually ask when they yeah. sketch out what, you know, when they... Interesting, yeah. So I said, the charter flight. I explained to them what the charter flight experience was. I said, I want that every hour. I want that every hour of the day. I want the diversity. I want the openness. I want the respect. I want the professionalism. I want the emotion. I want the, the melding, the synergy between old and new. That is it. Make a charter flight campus. And sure enough, that's exactly what's happened. Rabbi Josh Fast, Tony Gulbart, we're on the plane. I know it sounds funny, but this broadcast is actually being done as is an annual tradition on the flight. You're listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JM and the AM. I don't have to remind this audience, but hey, it's always worth a reminder that if you want to get in touch with Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il. Again, it's nbn.org.il, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-NUMBER-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. You know, it's funny. I... I, I mean, we've been lauding for 20 years. I consider us partners, all of us. Brothers, uh, of course. And, and in this partnership, for 20 years, we have been hammering home the message that you're going to make Aliyah easier, easier, easier. I didn't think there was another place to move the goalpost, yet you announced on this plane that now there's a new step that's been taken care of, and those who are making Aliyah will leave this plane with all their official documents. And that's unprecedented, right? Or am I wrong about that? Never since the creation of the state before. of Israel Never. has this happened. And you know what that means? It means the bottleneck when we land will be waiting for the suitcases to come onto the carousel. And that Think is about it. That. That's it. And that's it. Think that's about it. that. We're going to get off the bus, get into the terminal, because we're going to the old terminal, so it's a bus, and we want the tarmac, you know, uh, em embrace and right. kissing. And you get, <laughs> you get to the old terminal, and they'll be waiting for the, with their envelope waiting for them at the door. And that is that. And then that. that is that. Dancing, singing, no speeches. No speeches. Festive. You've adjusted the uh, yeah. the welcoming ceremony over the years. Only if we can do that in JFK, and then we'll be solid. Are <laughs> our, our, our speeches required at John F. Kennedy Airport? Is that the problem? Are they required there? They're required for our, listen, our, our partners... Um, they got to be recognized. They, right? they want to be recognized. Right. They're investing, and, so, and right. they feel very emotionally attached. So for me and Tony, uh, 30 seconds on a stage is all that we feel is, is necessary. And for, for just to have that touch base and that connection. But others, they, they need to have that feeling, and it's fine. It's fine. Well, they, they want to get up and say thank you to yeah. them. They want to get up and say, you know, 
they're happy for you. You know, them. I think benefits the most from your speeches the family of those who are going. That's what I said to someone today. Yeah. Someone said, Aren't the Olim exhausted? I said, yeah. Listen, it's the Olim will get on the plane yeah. and they'll get there. This is for the family and friends. They need it. They yeah. see how much they're valued, respected, admired. It gives them so much chizuk and strength to see, okay, my kid is not going alone, and my kid's not doing something crazy. That we have delegation from the Israeli government. We have these massive partners who are hugging them, kissing them, escorting them onto the plane, joining them, accompanying them for the journey. It gives such a sense of sipuk nefesh and calming for the parents and for the and for the, for the greater family. So for them, I think the JFK ceremony JFK is, 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 is like is like the entire country of Israel <laughs> saying. You know, see you in Israel kind right. of thing. And it's a like, send-off. It's a send-off. Right. It's, it's, it's and an appropriate send-off. Yeah. Did you officially, trivial question, did you officially make Aliyah on, on flight number one or you already had done Aliyah? Like, what was the... Uh, I mean, number one. Number, on flight number one. Sure. No, I don't mean, mean as opposed How to number two. You? Uh, I didn't mean as opposed to flight two. I meant, I meant where you were actually I actually just made Aliyah three months ago. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you, were, you were not... You were not... You were not... Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, this is now... It's oh. a baby. This is now where Rabbi oh, Fass allows... I think it's the youngest Ole. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Gosh. The youngest Ole on the air. Yeah, Look right at this. Be careful with that. Look Be careful with the microphone. It's going kid. right into her head over there. Oi. You okay there? See, now I'm experienced. I'm a grandfather. Oh. That's right. Two little granddaughters. Now I now I know the secrets of calming them down. <laughs> Do you want a little? You want? You're no, missing. You're missing some of it. Rabbi Fast, I have a professional setup here. Rabbi Fast, come on, let's be real. Come on. <laughs> Anybody got a diaper? <laughs> hoping, hoping that my grandchildren will live in Israel. I'm stuck. <laughs> Get off my lap, no. You know. You know what realization I had? <sighs> Get off my lap. <laughs> the, the quote of the trip. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> My staff's going to ask, what's the quote of the trip? Yeah, okay, I'm, uh, I'm not sure we really have to take a picture of this so that you can explain. <laughs> oh, Shachar, Shachar. Shachar. You have to explain this to others yes. so that get off my lap is understood <laughs> right, later Nobody's yeah. going to believe for, that they're in the, the same uh, chair. Can you take some pictures, archives. please? Please take no, those. it's okay. I, um... <laughs> At least the turbulence calmed down. Yeah, that's good. Right. I had a realization this week that yes. that floored me. And you know all the people involved, so you'll understand why it floored me. Okay. We're planning we're planning on making Aliyah. Rabbi Fass insisted that we actually announce it on the air, even though it's not happening for another four to six years. But all right, I follow his advice. He said to announce it, I, we announce it. And Stacy's thrilled with the announcement because she knows that we actually are going to wait till she retires. So she's happy with the whole thing. <laughs> well, there are two steps. First is the announcement, and the second, I have to now reduce the time. So well, step one, Well, six, six, realistically, does look like it could become four. This, I, I've studied this like crazy over the last couple of weeks. four becomes two. Well, four, I think, <laughs> once you're at four, you can make it three. The question yeah, is, yeah. can you get it to two? That's really the question. Okay, we'll work on that. But four to three would be the big leap. But all right, but I'm you sorry, and I will we digress. Go back to your... Go back. So I say to one of my siblings, I say, it's my brother, why am I holding back? I say to my brother, I say... <laughs> who, who just texted me like that? Are you serious? We're going back and forth. <laughs> the guy can't go to sleep. This is the anniversary today. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. 2005. It's Egal's Ali anniversary. Oh, 2005. Wow. Yeah, he wanted me to know. Instead, so of, instead of postponing 
he was now he could look back that he's here already for 18 years. Wow. I did I make a terrible mistake? It's okay, go on. But anyway, we digress again. But anyway, he I say to him, I say, wow, you know, if I go, hopefully, one, two, three of my kids with he goes, well. You have no idea the feeling that every one of my children and grandchildren live in Israel. And I go, oh, my God, I never thought of that before. Mm. Like, I, of course, I knew it, but it, it just hit me like, oh, my gosh, how lucky a man is he and how lucky a, a wife does he have that they are parents and grandparents of people who live in Israel. Now, he will complain once in a while that his son, his son is all the way up in Haryo now. He, he may complain about Can't that. Have everything. That's, that's <laughs> fine. I don't know if you're looking into that neighborhood, Rabbi Fast, but, you know, 700 Chekel for a two-bedroom apartment ain't bad. It's definitely know? affordable. <laughs> it's definitely affordable. The new Modi Inn. <laughs> I'll tell you. It's amazing what's going on up there. Well, Malcolm, I think you have a distinctive... Um, wait a minute. I, I guess I'm right, but I'm, you can correct me, but I think you are... The first person who I, I don't think it's anybody else who's been on more Aliyah flights than the two of you? Then, no, then that, yeah. Then, no, your staff. No, 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 no. That hasn't made Aliyah yet. <laughs> Fake Aliyahs, well, I no, call No, 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 but you made Aliyah, but you really know the experience. Yeah. I mean, you could see the experience. But do you want to know something? And can, I know, I mean, you I, I know you're it. saying it tongue yeah. in cheek, which I'm, I get. I'm being very quiet during this. No, I'm not, saying it, I'm not saying it <laughs> no, no, tongue in cheek. No, no, I, I, meant, I meant that like. Oh you yeah, could there's see no the, question. So it's being hard surrounded. Not, it's hard not to make aliyah. Two things. First of all, being surrounded by it is incredible, and you're 100 yeah. percent right. And I do think of the differences. It's going through my mind today. Yeah. How different it's going to be when Stacy's sitting next to me. I was going to say that. And we are actually. And that day is. I'm going to be crying that entire day. I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be laughing that entire day. And God. We should get there. We should get yeah. there. Amen. Amen. But when I walk off this plane every summer, yeah. and this guy at the bottom of the steps rolls his eyes at me, I want to tell you, I want to that's not a good feeling, Tony. I don't roll my First eyes. Of, I didn't know you had that kind of relationship. I wasn't privy to that. Um, I, I don't mean, have Harry, to. I don't have to roll my eyes. I mean, he it looks. Just sees my face. He looks at me with the look like, "Come on, it's time already." Of course, yeah. I know it's time already. But well, you know the routine. That is. You know the routine. Which how to make aliyah. Oh, this. Yeah. So Your experience. You asked how we can make it even easier, right? We're doing a two death delay on the plane, and now they don't have to wait. So that project's like, over. So now it's on to the, the next, next project. The next project is is subconscious, you know, or unconscious aliyah. When you're napping on next charter <laughs> flight, we're going to fingerprint you. You're going to wake up. You're going to come down. No more rolling of eyes. I'm just going to hand you your two death delay. But you don't know that I have secret information. Mm. And I know that the people leaving. Th and by the way. What? You're both citizens of Israel. Yes. yes. So aren't you supposed to have a green... Uh... Oh, we ran out. <laughs> Seriously? That's what happened? Yeah. Because the secret is... No one knows what we're talking about. I know, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to tell them right now. Okay, fine. If you're an American or any foreign country on this plane, and you don't have an Israeli passport, you have to wear a yellow lanyard yes. with your badge. Yes. If you're like you, and purple. you, and you had had enough. I thought it was green. It's purple. It's is purple. it purple? Then you'd have to have a purple one on. Correct. Now, right. we didn't know you'd run out. That you wouldn't have, but I guess you'll rectify that situation. We didn't really. But now that me. I know, now that I, you just said too lazy to do it. Yeah. But now that I know the secret, if you do fingerprint and process me while I'm sleeping, I will change your lanyard. I'll be waking up with a green one, and I'll know the whole thing was we'll, done. I'll just change the whole lanyard system oh, just for see. you. Fun and games on the Nefesh for Nefesh Ridiculous. So there you have it. All right, final message. Uh, Tony, Rabbi Fass, uh, every time someone sits in this chair that both of you are sitting in, we ask them for a message for their age group. 
the 20 year olds had a comment, the singles had a comment, the retirees had a comment. What should, because we have, a, yeah, obviously we have a diverse audience out there. What should everyone be thinking about in terms of their own plans for Aliyah? Both of you come at this from a completely different level, obviously. But uh, let's get a couple of messages out there. Tony, what would you say to the people listening who have this mulling around in their brain for years, whether they should make this move or not, what would you say? Well, you know what? Don't put off what you can do today and wait for tomorrow. Because if you think it's going to get easier, it's going to get better, it's going to be something that you're always going to look back once you finally make the Aliyah, you know, plunge. You're going to look back and go, inevitably, I don't care if you're young. Why didn't I don't you care do if it? you're older. Why didn't I do it sooner? There is no, I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't say that. Why didn't I do it sooner? And it doesn't matter what age. Yep. You know, I'm 18 going, you know, to the Army. Boy, if I did this at 15, I learned Hebrew. Whoa, I would have been, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? Oh, I had my friends. I had a, and then when you're elderly, oh, my gosh, I could have done it. I, I should have oh. done it. Why didn't I do it? I could be like so my don't brother put it looking off. back on 18 years. But you know what? Don't be. Don't have sour right. grapes. Right. Just don't put it off. And if you're ready to do it, jump. You know, every every move is scary. This is a very scary uh, move for a lot of reasons. Not scary that you know, I'm, right. I'm it's, frightened. It's just real. it's yeah, it's real. It's you're anxious to to make it you know happen in the correct way, in the right way, the perfect way. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's a hundred percent. You got to jump in the water to see if it's cold or hot. If it's your temperature. Rabbi Fass? I don't think, um, I, I, I don't want to address or have a message for those who are contemplating and, and been kicking around this idea of Aliyah for years. When the timing is right, you'll feel it. Things will click. Um, it's like a relationship. I say this very often to Olim. You know when it's the right person. You know when it's the right time. It's a... Uh, it's an organic relationship that, that one has with Israel. And when you, when, if you're considering it, contemplating, you'll know when it's the right time to, to take, as Tony said, the plunge and to, and to make that uh, decision. I think the message more is for people who can go around their day and their business and not even consider the concept of Aliyah. And I think that is not caustic, but that's what, what just is a bit flabbergasted. We, we are living in a time that we have a miraculous historic opportunity. And, and for those of us who pray every day, we've been praying for this. It's not that God is calling our bluff, <laughs> but he's giving us the very thing that we've been dreaming about. Now, just consider it. It's okay if you consider it and say, it's not for me, it's not for us now. We have an issue with a child, we have an issue with a parent, I don't have a transferable occupation, whatever it is. That's fine if you just consider it and let and struggle with it and have your children see that you struggle with it. That's the best education that you give and the greatest gift that you give to your kids, even if you don't make Aliyah. Just yeah, having your children see, you know, yeah. the, the, the struggle, the internal struggle, you know, this is what we believe as an ideal we cannot do this. Yeah, we've always preached, have a plan, let your kids see you have a plan. If it works out, Even it works out. Even if not have a plan, just say that this is something that right. I, I aspire to, but it's not right. relevant. To. All right, now, I, I mean, I apologize in advance, but uh, it's going to be a while now before I send you back to your seats because we have to continue this conversation, which I thought I was going to wrap up a moment ago. 
So I'm going to beg your indulgence because now you've hit on a couple of topics that we have to address. Number one, uh, you want people to mull it over. You want people to consider. You want people to think about it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, leadership in North America does not always give that opportunity to people to uh, think about it, to put it at the forefront uh, of their plans, of their thoughts, etc. And I would appeal to those rabbinic and, uh, and uh, lay leaders in our communities in North America, please take this advice from Rabbi Fass and please make it part of your agenda, reminding everybody how critical it is to keep Israel not just at the forefront in terms of news from Israel, but at the forefront in terms of it being the future home for the Jewish people. So that's number one. You could react to that or not. It's an important message. I know you're pretty, you've been outspoken on this issue, so <laughs> I don't know if you want to address it now. The second thing I'll say, speaking about outspoken on certain issues, you've always stressed. See, now I'm really going to let the cat out of the bag. You've always stressed that you got to make Aliyah for positive reasons, and there's no reason to revert to any other uh, reasons or any other agenda to move to Israel. However, Rabbi Fass, thank God you have a friend named Nachum Siegel. Because Nachum Siegel, over the next few years, you know, is wondering, is contemplating, what's my mission? What is my mission? You know, there, there are a couple of generations of people that I speak to directly, and there are other people around that I would love to address if given the opportunity. What would I say to them? And honestly, what I would say to them, Tony and Josh, is that we are now living in the United States that is, that is in a very precarious state. It is in a, in a very difficult situation. And if you, in fact, want quality of, your, of life for your children and grandchildren, you, we may be forced to have no other option but to go to the state of Israel. And while I'm on the topic, Tony and Josh, are you familiar with what happened two Fridays ago on East 14th Street in New York City in Union Square? Are, are either of you familiar with what happened? It was already Shabbos for you guys. Do you know what happened Friday afternoon, two Fridays ago in Union Square in New York? Are you all familiar with this story? Because if not, I'm going to Is that the Nintendo story? Yes. Yes, So of you're course. familiar with it? Yes. I live in the area, as you right. know, just a mile away. Right. So a social media influencer got on to his 5 million followers and said, free gift, free Game Boy game, whatever they call the games right. now, <laughs> for everybody who shows up. Within minutes, there were three to 4,000 people in Union Square very disappointed that there were no free games. And a riot ensued. And there was plenty of destruction, plenty of injuries, cops being assaulted, firecrackers being thrown at police officers. I mean, I, I could go on with the list of what happened. It was a terrible scene, and it took the police in New York City, a qualified police force, who wanted to respond, right? <laughs> when you get to a riot at that level, someone said to me it was the biggest mobilization of the NYPD since 9-11. That's how crazy it was in terms of immediacy. So what did I gain from this? I'm sitting there Friday afternoon, taking care of, you know, <laughs> dressing my foot and getting all my little things caked done before Shabbos. And I say to my wife, you know what I've learned from this little episode that we're watching on Breaking News on Channel 4? I learned that somebody can go on social media and decide that they're going to have some fun and suggest to their followers, you know what? Let's go to this neighborhood and smash some car windows and assault men and women who are walking in the street and break some, you know, buildings, windows and, you know, and, and cause damage, maybe set something on fire and certainly, you know, destroy some businesses, etc., etc. I know what Kristallnacht was in our history. 
I, I know it very well, especially from my own relatives, and certainly from all the footage and all the evidence that we have of it since then. But I will tell you that this, this has the potential when someone now today goes on social media with an agenda against the Jewish people, God forbid, it has the potential to be even far worse than that. That's the lesson I learned Union Square two Fridays ago. So you continue with your positive message. That's why God put you both here to keep the rah-rah, we've got to get to Israel and let's go and build the state and make the, the prophet's dreams and the prophet's prophecies come true. I am going to include a different angle, that there's not much time left for the communities of the United States. I thank you for listening to my little... Uh, Soliloquy. Yes, uh, uh, now you have a preview. Uh, go Tony. Ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I want you to respond first. Look, I hear what you're saying. And um, I actually know the story. But there's many stories like that in the U.S., but all over the world. And you would see it in a, a flash a mob robbery, which took place in the Nordstrom's in right. Los Angeles. Nothing good 50 exist. kids came in, took what they want, and left. Helpless, innocent people standing right. there? The police in Union Square, if you saw the video footage, they had giant pieces of plywood that somehow God gave them to them or they would have had bottles and firecrackers in their heads and they were, they were all officers. They weren't just the man on the beat cops. They were officers. You know, high-ranking yeah, officers. Yeah, control SWAT teams. Uh, forget about it. But your point is very simple. Um, I think it's, for me, I don't know, you can ask uh, Josh separately. Nefesh Benefesh is built out of a positive momentum people running to Israel from the US running to Israel they're not running and they were never running away from America or the US or Canada you could see people and there's Jews have always been running away from some place mm -hmm. at some time in their lives could that happen yes will it happen only God knows but I can tell you something what we've done here is we've paved the way to show people that there's an alternative. If you have an inkling, if you're worried, you can always come to Israel. You can always come to Israel if you're worried. You know, you know it's, it's, it's something that's very important, but you do it in a positive way. The message that you have in your head rolling around there and the message that many uh, first-generation Americans uh -huh. Uh -huh, good point. Uh, uh, good have point. rolling around in their heads right. are like, okay... You know, I've got to keep uh, a suitcase packed right. and this passport and this, ready. ready, ready to go. Right. And by the way, you know, uh, we have to be prepared. Right. I think in a, in a lot of it depends what your background is and how you grew up in in America. Let's say uh, you always have that in the back of your mind. So uh, we're just going to build, keep building the country with Olim from here and all over the world, whatever we can do. And when they show up for any reason. And for whatever reason they show up. You'll be ready for if it. If they're running away or running to, we're going to be there with open arms. And <laughs> the story, full stop. But right. yes, the Jews have a precarious history. People don't like us. And imagine, and we're today, a very small percentage of the world population. And the speed with which it happens. And instant news, whether it's true or false, it's instant. Correct. And it's dangerous. Rabbi Fass. 
I'm, at least, uh, at least give me permission to transmit uh, this message. Let me say it. Oh, a thousand percent. Oh, I, I, I'm not. I don't deny reality, and I don't have my head in the sand. I just, when we have these conversations, I hear my my beloved grandfather, who was arrested the night of Kristallnacht in Fürth, Germany, and when my family. We attempted to make Aliyah 40 years ago, my, my parents and my siblings. Close encounters, right? My grandfather, when we told him that we were, yeah, when we, when we told my, my grandparents that we wanted to make Aliyah, my grandfather started to tear up and he said, That was it. And I constantly remember that refrain of, you're moving to Israel, you're doing it upright. You're not running away, you're not fleeing. And as long as we can, just cherish that gift and not have it tarnished, then for me, that is not just fulfillment of prophecy, it's, it's the greatest gift that, that, that God has bestowed upon our generation. So, as unfortunately current events um, show that we're tarnishing that purity mm-hmm. of running towards something, mm-hmm. but also the motivation. There's always a push and pull dynamic with any immigration study. There's opportunity and, and necessity. That's how, the, that's how you always, you know, uh, categorize Aliyah. There's a necessity to flee. And here, we've, for 21 years, have been promoting opportunity. Opportunity could be optimism. Opportunity could be idealism, it could be professional growth, mobile growth, just value system. So all this conversation, it's very real. I'm not ignoring it. But every one of these conversations that you and I have, you know that it pains me. Not that you're introducing something that I'm not aware of. It just now introduces, instead of the opportunity, also a little element of necessity. Now, right now, it might be a lowercase n of necessity, mm-hmm. and God forbid it becomes a capital necessity. And then, and then it's a very different dynamic and relationship between Israel and North America. Will it happen? Well, yo, Deb, well, I, I hope it doesn't. And I hope we all just embrace this gift with two arms and, and, and move forward. Um, but I hope history doesn't repeat itself. i tell you what, I do believe, though, that making sure Jews in the U.S. know that Israel exists. Don't forget Israel. Understand Israel. Educate yourself about Israel. Educate yourself about Judaism. And the education part of it will help. Will help tremendously for everything that we were just talking about. Because in the U.S. it's helped to know who you are and what you stand for as a Jew. And in Israel it helps to know who you are and what you stand for as a Jew. And I remind you again, that is a first-generation American, and and you know, people who perish, you know, my grandpa, whatever, in in the Shoah. You have a different feeling than somebody who's been third, fourth generation, generation American. It's a little yeah. different, and you you just have to take that all in consideration. So it's like on this plane, everyone here's making Aliyah, and I guarantee you, you'll find of the two hundred and something people, you'll find many, 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 many different reasons. While they're while they're doing it, and they also you'll find out that you know in the back of their minds, yeah, I'm doing this for my family because in the future, uh, you know, I'll show them the way how to do it, and if I do it, they'll do it too. Right, and I think the balance is the quality of life yeah. issue. In other words, if we're if we're not gonna, you know, if we're not going to lean a lot on one side of this issue or the other, 
at least we all have to acknowledge that the better life for the majority of Jews, I can't say all of them, the majority of Jews in the diaspora is going to be in Israel, not where they are at the moment. So I thank both of you very much. Thank you for this opportunity. We thank you. I thank yes, you. thank you. We thank you for being a brother. We thank you for being that voice. We thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for sharing our vision. We thank you for making this trip, which I know is, is challenging, and you're turning right around and going back, and right. for not missing it, and for clearing your your schedules always for us. And uh, we love you dearly. Well, and, I thank and by you. the way, about your Aliyah, there's a reason, a very special reason, that you didn't make Aliyah yet, because you have a very special job. I appreciate that. And without that. you doing that, Think of the thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have listened to you over the years, and all how many of those people, because of what you've done in the last, whatever, 20 years sitting on these flights with us, you've encouraged them and introduced them and allowed them and thought about making Aliyah, and they made Aliyah. So you, my friend, whether you didn't make Aliyah, you're a heck of an ambassador, and you, you, you showed and gave the people the path, because... If you can take a poll today and people would send into your web page or whatever you got going on, your social media, how many people heard about Aliyah and Nefesh Benefesh and Aliyah from Nachum Siegel in the morning, AM in the, and you'll be surprised how many thousands and thousands. It so, also is going to take I us two to three years to build your studio, so you know, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. These days are my best. Okay. They go up really quickly. See, I can't even use that as an excuse. You just gave me an amazing excuse, and I, can't, I have to face reality. Enough with the excuses. Mm. Um, the the temporary studio already exists across from your office at Nefesh Benefesh. Yes. The plan, please God, is that a permanent one will be part of the future there, which is amazing. Thank you, And Tony, thank you. That was amazingly heartwarming what you said and much appreciated. Thank you so much. It's the truth. I appreciate it. And just to be recognized like that is incredible. Thank you both. And Mazal Tov to both of you. 64. Thank you so much. 64th flight. Yeah. As I climb off of Tony's <laughs> lap right now. <laughs> For those of you keeping track, we're at 64 with the pictures to prove it that Tony and Josh yes. shared the guest couch. I'm like Johnny Carson. It's a guest couch. There's a chiropractor on the plane. My, my leg is numb, <laughs> but it's a guest couch. I appreciate it. You know, there's got to be a masseuse and a chiropractor 100%. back there. There has to be. I mean, come on. Physical therapist for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. More coming thank up. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you. More coming up. It is a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. We're literally on a plane. We're literally on the flight with Nefesh Benefesh with hundreds of Olim. Heading to the Holy Land. How incredible is that? Well, frankly, it's pretty remarkable and incredible. More coming up. You're listening to an amazing Wednesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. My thanks in advance to Avrami and to Mayor Fertig, who are going to be sitting in on this radio broadcast Thursday and Friday. Information! 8664-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H-N-B-N.org.il nbn.org.il Plenty more coming up on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
Why don't we go up to Jerusalem? Oh, up to Jerusalem, yeah, up to Jerusalem with me. to Jerusalem is right. A lot of people heading up to Jerusalem and other areas of Israel as well. After all, they're making Aliyah, heading up to the Holy Land on this incredible flight, the uh, 2023 edition of the uh, Aliyah flight to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh is the 64th charter flight. Imagine that, 64 charter flights. Michael Cohen is one of the members of this flight. He is from Los Angeles, California, and he is heading to Rishon LeZion. It is a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell us the story here. Um, At what point did you decide, LA, no more, I'm heading to the Holy Land? Um, you know, uh, my dad and my mom and most of my family, cousins, you know, they, they went to the army and, wow. and my brother too. So, um, you know, I wanted to help out, help out the country first and foremost, you know, um, give my time and, um, and um, yeah, volunteer. Can I ask how old you are? 18. Holy cow. Yeah. Are you going straight to the army? Yeah. So you are. After high school, yeah. You're officially, uh, officially going to be a lone soldier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when does your army service begin? It's now August. When does your army service begin? So I, I'm in Galin Sabal. So I'm in a kibbutz. Uh, I'm in kibbutz Sora for like three months. And then. Uh, and then, and then it I begins have, in earnest? Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone, uh, they they get uh, put into their units at separate times because, let's say, I want a different unit than someone else. Right. I, yeah. I, my gibush is, like, different. It so. says here your goal is to get into the Israeli Navy. Yeah. Why that preference? Um, not just the Israeli Navy, but uh, the Navy SEALs. Oh, the it's Navy SEALs. Uh, it's called Shayet et Shloshesai. Shayet It's right here in my notes. And this is, is the equivalent of Navy SEALs, what we know as Navy yes, SEALs in the yes. United States? Yes. The training for that must be, what adjectives would you use? <laughs> um, incredibly difficult, incredibly hard, yeah. Life-changing. And, yeah. yeah, you'll pick up skills. You'll certainly use the rest of your life. And with that in mind, that, that this challenging road is ahead, your thoughts are? 
Um, you know, I'm, my dad was in uh, Shayatit, so I'm just going to push through like he did. And, uh, yeah. Well, what does he say about the, his experience in it? Oh, he said it was one of the funnest times he's ever had in his life. Even with all the hard work and the physical toughness and all that. Yeah. He said he was even a little crazy back then, you know, to do all the things he did when he was young. The, all the things that Shayatit does. Jump off of planes. Snorkel. Well, that's sky, that's skydiving, which yeah. I assume is the norm in many areas of the Israeli armed oh, forces. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you just mention? Snorkeling? Or uh, scuba diving. Scuba diving, scuba diving right yeah. So that's yeah. also a skill that... Shad has to learn, so yeah, you, yeah. So you're an adventurer. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> to yeah, say the least. <laughs> what, what, I mean, do we know yet when army service is over what direction you're going in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be a, a chovesh, a medic, a combat medic in the Navy SEALs. I want to be a combat medic in the Navy SEALs. So, like, we're in battle, you know, my teammates, something happened, like, they have to come to me, you know? You are setting, you're then, setting your sights very, very high. And then hopefully uh, I can pursue, like, a medical career after that. Your message to the 18-year-olds out there, your message to the young people in general, especially those who think about heading to the Army when they're still, you know, uh, independent, not married at this point, etc. what would you say to them? I'd say, um, you know, uh, live life to the best of your ability, um, do what you want, uh, strive to be the best version of yourself, and uh, be happy, most importantly, while uh, you're doing it. And this obviously is making you very happy. Yeah, absolutely. What a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Michael Cohen, everybody. He is uh, a lone soldier and will officially be so just a couple of months from now from L.A. heading to Rishon LeZion and, of course, part of Garin Sabar, which we hear so much about. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate it. A real it. pleasure. Uh, more coming up here at JMM as we continue on this Wednesday morning broadcast. We're on a plane. Ah, we're not wrapping up the show before we speak to the Burmans. We are, thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Michael. Thank God the Bermans are here. I said to Noy earlier, I said, you know, the, the show's been chopped up by this uh, fastened seatbelt sign, but we got to make sure to get the Bermans on the air. This is Rifki and Zachary Berman, who hail from Fairlawn, New Jersey. They're making, if you could, one of you could put this one on, and the other one we have run right there. Um, they hail from Fairlawn, New Jersey. They're making Aliyah with four children, and they are going from Fairlawn to Ramat Bay Shemesh. A pleasure to welcome you both to JM in the AM. Pleasure to be here. We actually have uh, quite an admiration for the Fairlawn Jewish community, in addition to the fact that Rabbi Yudin is one of ours, who's with us on the program every single week. We've watched Fairlawn over the last few years grow like crazy. And based on my notes, it sounds like you guys had something to do with Fairlawn <laughs> growing like crazy. Are you taking any of the credit for that? How did you know that? That says it right here. Who's <laughs> <laughs> no, giving no, you no, these no. notes? What is the secret to having an established Jewish community that everybody wants to move to? My son calls me the other day from Forest Hills. This guy, Kiddish and Shoulder, moving to Fairlawn. Yeah. This guy calls me from Riverdale. Kiddish and Shoulder, <laughs> moving to Fairlawn. This well, calls me Upper West, <laughs> Upper West Side. Kiddish and Shul moving to Fairlawn. What is going on? I'm we're doing a great I'll, I'll job. We just moved out of Fairlawn. I'll tell you the secret. People are going to be suspicious of your motives. I know, I know. The secret's right here, sitting next to us, right here. This is, you know, Rifki sets up meal trains. She sets up uh, when we were there, and, and probably will still be involved in some capacity. Um, you know, setting up uh, when people move in, when people have a baby, just making sure that people feel welcome all the time. And that's something that, that I feel like Fairlawn is small enough to be able to uh, have that personal touch. And mm -hmm. also, um, you know, now it's, it's always been known as a suburban 
bucolic community, railroad community, some people call railroad town. <laughs> But 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 in the last few years it has just exploded. Now yeah. I know obviously housing prices and rabbis conditions everything. I mean I know all this plays into it. But boy, you're 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 leaving a community that's that's bursting right now. Well, and it's I would Israel. And I would assume in the summer, <laughs> July August, you've seen Very a lot of people busy. move in there. I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah, but as you say, movements. enough about Fairlawn. Let's talk about Ramat Beit Shemesh. Let's talk about <laughs> your future plan. So uh, how many years were you there in Jersey? In, in Almost Jersey. eleven. Yeah. Eleven years. Yeah. yeah. Bermans were in uh, in New Jersey for 11 years, and now they decided to head to Israel. Now, your oldest child is how old? 11. Wow. Okay, so you are now, this is one of the reasons we were so desperate to get you on the air. You're one of those prototypical situations that a lot of our listeners are in. Uh, they have uh, dreams, aspirations. They've now started the school process. 11 means there's at least one child in the family yeah. that's already in a very comfortable routine. Yeah. She's going into sixth grade. She has best friends. So what's her feelings about all this? She is, she's feeling both as we are, we all are. We're feeling sad to leave and so happy <laughs> to live in Israel. So it's really both at the same time. How long has this process been? I mean, now she's 11, but this started when she was how old? The dream starts when you first go, right. <laughs> you know? So that's decades um, ago. Decades yeah. ago. I mean, she gets it. She's been there to visit. She gets she gets the pull she understands why we're doing this and she's also gonna miss her friends but you know we're pretty settled in our life she's going into sixth grade she's having her bas mitzvah in a few months and we're pretty settled and we picked it all up and said live one life why do you guys choose Ramat Beit Shemesh we had some friends that moved there last year. From Fairlawn. Fair oh. <laughs> so we wanted a place where we would feel comfortable for ourselves and for our kids, where we feel like there are people that they would recognize and know. Just because it is such a big transition at such a, like, like we said, settled point of our lives. It just seems to me, the more I investigate, and ever since we announced that we intend to get there eventually, as I investigate different communities, it seems like there's just a... No, no fear that there won't be friends for people your age, for your kids. It's, that's one of the fears I don't think really is a reality. The reality is that they're so welcoming, and within a few minutes probably, that might be an exaggeration, it seems everyone's going to have their own cover there. Yeah, it's unbelievable. My fridge is full right now. Oh, and, I have toys <laughs> at, in at my apartment. Yeah, I've never yeah. even been there. They, <laughs> the people great. just, they've uh, taken nice care of us. Wow. It's unreal. It's, it's unreal. The welcoming, we have family that moved them out a month ago, and and they said they couldn't believe it. Same the, area, Ramat Beit Shemesh. A little bit Ramat Shilo in Ramat oh, Beit Shemesh. Yeah, Shiloh, yeah. Of course. And it's really like you said. There's no question. You have friends immediately. We have friends on the plane. We just met. You know. In Fairlawn, they're calling it Fairlawn. Fairlawn Fair East. east. So. <laughs> we we just yeah, had right an East there. Brunswick East, so why can't there be yeah. a Fairlawn East? Everyone who sits down in this chair <laughs> is talking about how they're going to see so many of their old friends that have already have gone. Yeah. To Israel, whatever community they're moving to. Speaking to the Bermans, Rifki and Zachary, at one time from Fairlawn. It also says you were you initiated two Jewish communities. Which one are they giving you credit for? Fairlawn, and what's the other one? Um, we were um, active participants in uh, Sunnyside, Queens. At one oh, point sure. Time. He was the yeah. president of the shul, of the shul yeah. back in the day. I assume that's a transient community, right? Um, you know, my grandparents had lived there. Oh, wow. My my sister was there. My mother grew up there. Um, when we initially got married, we decided to live there because their family was there right. and uh, we helped grow the community we brought in a, a rabbi from Israel who we're still in touch with and, you know the vision didn't actually 
uh, grow to what Fairlawn is, but it was a vision, and we, we uh, were involved in that. Hey, nobody could have predicted Fairlawn, is all I could tell you. Yeah. I don't know how many years they waited for there to be a boom, and it's been amazing. Um, you're doing this, uh, you know, it's funny, in the conversation we had with Josh and Tony just a few minutes ago, there are a lot of reasons to make Aliyah, dreams, prophecies of our prophets coming true, uh, the situation in the United States is not ideal right now, a lot of, but that the one that's mentioned on your uh, uh, information card here, I think is still the best one, and that is that there's a quality of life for your children that you demand. You want the best quality of life for your children. It says here that that's really your primary reason in doing this. Yeah, we're striving for greatness. <laughs> and that's we, the place where it could happen. Yeah, we are just so excited to raise them there. There's something so powerful about being there, and they're not going to be able to ignore it. Yeah, you know. True. And for those of you who think that uh, it's a, a drawback to be in a quote-unquote Anglo community, uh, it's an exaggeration. When you're in Israel, you're in Israel, and you're with plenty of Israelis, yes. and you're living with people from all around the world. Yes. And don't think you're transplanting Fairlawn No, no, over there. not at all. Those, those who might be critical of you for that, they, they, they need to do some more investigating. Mm -hmm. I want to thank the Bermans. Thank you very much. Mazal tov to both of you. Big thank mazal you. tov to thank both you. of you. And, um, and uh, it, I, I, I wish for you, I wish for everybody on this plane that you build an amazing life in Israel mm -hmm. and that your uh, children and grandchildren benefit from the entire experience. Amen. So mazal tov to both thank of you. Thank you. Thanks pleasure. so much and for great having us. You. Thank you for the opportunity. Great meeting in this forum, I'll tell you that much. You never know who you may meet on an Aliyah flight. And as the Bermans indicated earlier, they already are tied to the, uh, to the waist, or I should say uh, uh, connected at the hip to people who are on this plane because... Uh, they've had this shared experience of making Aliyah together. Uh, I got to thank Noi, Todaraba. Todaraba to everybody. I'll thank Shachar. He took some pictures, one or two. I'll thank, I got to stay on his good side. I'm going to thank him. <laughs> and I want to thank everybody for tuning into a JMNAM broadcast on this Wednesday morning. The, um, uh, the accolades go to uh, Avrami Finkelstein, who's going to be piecing this interesting show together, to say the least. And also to our uh, uh, incredible staff, including Avrami and Mayor Furtig, who are going to be sitting in for me um, for the rest of this week as I make my way back to the um, United States of America. Uh, uh, thank you both. Please go back to your family. You don't have to. You have to see her on my account. I apologize. <laughs> oh, thank you. But st but still, you have kids to take care of. Yes, thank you. Sorry about that. Oh, one second. Hey, give me a second. I will wrap up the show. And, um, and thank everybody. Don't forget, 8664-ALIYAH, 8664-ALIYAH, and of course, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il for Nefesh Benefesh. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSigl.com, and the AlchemSigl Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. And the Hatikva plays, and it was sung in JFK before everybody got on the plane, and of course it'll be sung multiple times during the lives of these Olim in the state of Israel. Contact Nefesh Benefesh, everybody. Make your dream become a reality. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till next time, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.